0: You're listening to OEA Grow, a member led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by members, for members. Members discuss back to school issues and ideas with early career educator Kayla Potter. Hello and welcome. I am Kayla Potter and today I am joined with Malik White. In this episode we will be reflecting on our first years as an educator. Malik, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, hello. My name is Malik White. I am a social studies teacher in the Portland metro area at David Douglas School District. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. And uh, what year in the profession are you now, Malik?
1: Uh, I'm going into my third year, so very excited to be finishing up that probationary year.
0: Yeah, that's an exciting time. Uh, To start, what got you into teaching?
1: Uh, Okay, so what got me into teaching? Uh, It's kind of an interesting question. I think it has a lot to do with uh, some coaches that I had, teacher coaches that I had when I was a kid that had a big impact. Along with my journey through college, um, leaving so I went to junior college and I originally I had some good educate some good educators there and started kind of making me look down that path. Um, So I wasn't too sure, and then I went to Oregon State and I started studying history. And at that point, I learned so much about my culture, uh, my heritage, and the history relating to my culture that that I felt like I should have learned in high school. um, That's what really kind of sprung me into declaring and pursuing the teaching license and figuring out what I needed to do to become a social studies teacher. Because I felt like if I was missing that history and that part of my culture, I feel like a lot of kids that might've grew up in Portland that relate to my ethnicity probably are feeling the same way.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's important for people all races to hear about different cultures as well. So thank you for sharing that. Um, What was your first year like, and was it what you expected it to be? Um, I don't think it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely not. First year was definitely uh, 180 degrees different than I expected. Uh, Of course, you know, you're in college, you're in your cohort um, student teaching. You you imagine yourself, when you get your job, be teaching inside of a a building, brick and mortar. However, for myself, that was not the case. I found myself teaching in front of a MacBook. Um, So my first year was during the the 2020 school year, 2021 year. So I was pretty much for most time distance learning, comprehensive distance learning. Um, And that was a journey. That was fun. Uh, I was very thankful that... I was still like fresh out of college, so the you know my I've still even today I'm processing and learning so much stuff on the rate right, on the daily. I felt like during distance learning, I was able to. I was for the one time I was like placed at an advantage compared to all the rest of the teachers because I'm just I was more tech savvy.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. In which, you know, you think about coming out of school, you're like, oh, man, I have so much I need to learn from all these other teachers. But when it was all online, everyone had stuff to learn from me because I know how to navigate the, the Google Classroom and everything like that.
0: Did you feel like you had an easier time modifying things to be online?
1: <laughs>
0: um, or just yeah. using the technology itself?
1: I think so. I I feel like I got pretty, you know, it was my first year, so I'm building that foundation. Uh, so I found myself creating a lot of things fit for online, you know. And then, the, I, so this last school year was really a big modification school year. It was really taking everything from that first rookie year of teaching that was, you know, designed for online usage and figuring out how I could use it in the classroom because I never had the, the opportunity to use it in the classroom.
0: Yeah. How did that transition go from you from being distance learning to back into the classroom?
1: Um, It was, you know, it was, it it, it was interesting transition. I wouldn't say the biggest transition. It was just kind of content, how to fill up the, the class period because during CDL we were 50 minute class periods. Now we just moved out to 87 minutes. So it's figuring out ways to have an 87 minutes, Ways to incorporate things that I like from online, you know, using Google Forms for vocab quiz or things like that for multiple choice assignments because it'll spit you to grade. It does the grading for you. So figuring out what things would work, what things wouldn't work, and kind of building from that. Uh, the biggest thing I found is I went to the year thinking I was going to have kids typing and using the Chromebooks to, to write a lot. I found that that kind of went away, and I started bringing out more of the pen and paper. Um, And it was just because I think I felt felt like I was getting a higher quality of work from the students, and eliminate the distractions because there's so many distractions on the (laughs) Chromebooks.
0: Yeah, I felt like, with, I mean, I teach second grade, like they were had so much screen time during that c- distance learning year that just being in front of pencil paper was a big change for them. And they wanted to write was what I found with my students.
1: Yeah, no, I and I found the same thing. You know, one thing I used during CDL was EdPuzzle. I used a lot of EdPuzzles because, it's you know, super fun, high engaging thing to use in the classroom. Um, and I still do it today in the classroom. But I have found that kids don't really, you know, they don't enjoy that as much as they did CDL. Yeah, so, and it's and it's it's interesting, you know, because it requires them to pull out their, their laptop. Um, however, they they much rather you just provide them the materials. <laughs> yeah, you try you show them how to navigate Google Classroom a thousand times, you keep it nice and organized. They still they're still screaming your name, asking for the word assignment.
0: <laughs> I have the ask three then me rule. Does that apply in the high school too?
1: Oh, uh, I mean ask three and then me. I I wish it did. Um <laughs> I so I, I'm at the high school, yeah, I'm at six and I teach six oh, eight okay, patients. sorry. No, it's mm-hmm. fine. Um and you would think they would have that patience, but no, or that in be, that independence, but no, they they uh they panic. <laughs> Like, where is it at? You deleted it. I didn't delete it. Go down to week <laughs> five. It's there, I promise you.
0: So it, it sounds like it isn't what you expected those first couple of years. Were there any things that really delighted you that came out of it?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I think I think a, the biggest thing that delighted me was, you know, I learned I learned that, you know, a rapport. I, I'm really – I don't – it's hard to – Say this, guy, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I have a skill of you know building rapport with people quickly, and I found that I experienced that originally online, right? See, noticing how I was able to get a lot of kids to turn their cameras on because in the middle schools that was a struggle, but I wasn't oh, really wow. having that, that big struggle in my classroom, and I was also had I was also being able to call on kids randomly if they didn't have their cameras on, and so I had a real high engaged level with my students on CDL and seeing how that transition to in person was really cool cuz it kind of gave me it, it gave me this insur- this reassurance that when in doubt uh I can I can find some type of some type of spark to relate on with the student and we can build from there and then once I can get you know build that rapport get the kid to trust me that's where we really can get the learning to set, take place
0: Yeah. So what did you do to, to start building that rapport? Was it just asking them questions and getting to know them? Um, I imagine it's different distance learning versus in the classroom.
1: Yeah. And of course, I think it's, you know, asking them questions, you know, putting them in different situations that they sometimes complain about, you know, for example, circles, you know, classroom circles, they, they, they love to talk, but they hate to talk about themselves. And, um, so you put them in a circle, you know, break down that layer, you know, you just make it a, a normal routine, you know, like, hey, on every Wednesday we're going to do a circle and we're going to have, you know, two get to know me questions. And just building it from there, you know, ran, you know, through that process, kids will say things and, you know, it gives you little snapshots into what their interests are. And you could build conversations from that. Uh, I'm also kind of just, One thing that, you know, delighted me with noticing I could build a reporter, I noticed I could build a reporter by being myself. And that's really kind of just a high energy, goofy guy. And I have found, you know, of course, there's some kids that are like, no, man, that's not, I don't like that type A. I'm type A, man, chill out. And then there's some students that's like, you know, that's right up their alley. So you kind of figure out where they are and what they need and you you meet them, I guess. And that' that and, that and that was like that was a surprise to me I didn't I didn't know that was something I was capable of coming out of college
0: yeah I, I really like just being my goofy self with students and find that they respond better to me than when I try to like be what I think a teacher should be or what I should look or sound like yeah, yeah
1: no and that's I think going into this next year the one of the biggest things I've learned is you know don't take this don't take the profession too seriously i mean it's a very serious important job and career don't get me wrong but don't take it too serious you know it's just like life you have to you have to find joy in it and you have to be able to laugh at yourself and um you know being able and you know being willing to be goofy but also be myself and make not be afraid to make a mistake in front of my students it really it lowered that uh the level of risk in the classroom you know the kids were not afraid to get out of their their boundaries or their comfort zones because they see me make a mistake and they know hey we have an uplifting community here we're not going to tear each other down we're going to uplift each other and we're all going to get there yeah
0: and they see model how to handle making a mistake and how to repair and fix up too
1: and 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 you know and that's something in 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 uh Teaching practicum I and you know, student teachers—they don't teach you that. They don't tell you that. You know that you, when you are doing your atPA you you thinking, oh, "I got to be perfect." You know, I have these two ten minute clips. I got to be perfect. I got to write these these four tasks, and I, they need to sound amazing. And and so you go into the job thinking, "I can't make mistakes. I gotta ha- I gotta be on my A game every day." And yes, you got you know, you gotta be on your A game. Of course, you are dealing with a lot of kids, but mm-hmm. it's okay to make mistakes. If anything, uh, it's better if you do make a mistake because and if, and be and disown it because that's where kids are gonna be like, oh, you're human, you know. You, they're norm- They're gonna relate to that. I found in the last two years, the kids don't relate to the teachers that have, think they need to be just perfect. You know, I, I have to be sharp as a pencil every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Flexibility and grace go a long way in this profession, I think.
1: Yeah. And that's something I, I, you know, there's two things I really learned (laughs) in the first two years in giving grace to yourself.
0: Uh, What do you wish you had known during your first year?
1: Oh, there's so much. There's so much I wish I would have known. Thinking about last year being in in building, I wish I would have known more about the printers (laughs) <laughs> and which pr- yes. and what printers are popular in the building? Oh, that would have been that would have been really nice to know. um So for any new teachers coming in right now, first thing you gotta figure out is what, what printers popular and which one's not so popular. So the days that you run in, you're a little not prepared. You know which one's not gonna be that busy printer. <laughs>
0: Well, that's kind of a good segue into my next question for um, anyone who might be supporting a new teacher. Um, one way I guess they can help is to make sure they know where the good technology is and how to use the printers. Is there any other advice you'd give someone who's supporting someone in their first year um, to make it more successful for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the advice for anyone that's supporting a first year teacher and it's something I definitely, I you know, I wish I would have known before is your goals. You know, when you're doing your goals, uh, don't, of course, always do a goal that's cha- going to challenge you, but do a goal that's something that you're, you're doing in the classroom, you know, something that isn't unauthentic, you know. You keep your goals authentic to yourself, and I think it makes it so, it makes it more practical, more uh more realistic and ideal for the classroom. Uh, my mm-hmm. first year, I was trying to, you know, write these nice, these really long, nice goals that were, you know, they, if you took it to college and, and student teaching and ed TPA, it reflect the same thing. And I realized, you know, like, this is a great goal, and I do a lot of this stuff, but this is almost impossible to meet. And so the next year... Uh, my mentor, he was, he kind of said, hey, you know, let's write these goals reflecting something that you're already kind of doing, but you want to build on. And I really wish yeah. I would have known that.
0: <laughs> that makes everything a lot easier, because then you're not trying to do something completely new. You're just trying to get better at something you're already doing, which feels a lot more feasible than this whole brand new project, right?
1: No, seriously. Seriously. And that, and, and like Absolutely. It's Something I wish they would have told me, you know, before going into profession. Because when you do the the when you do the assessment the, that TPA, the, the teaching assessment to get your license, you go into the profession having this idea that if you do anything uh, goal oriented, it needs to be this nice long elaborated goal, and no, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. I remember my uh, TPA was real wordy and my goals are real to the point at this point in my career.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's and it, it would have been so beneficial, you know, it would have been so beneficial. I think another thing that I wish I would have known uh, before my first year of teaching, what is that it's to remember that it's a marathon. It's not a race. Um, and so, with your lesson, your lesson planning, you know, you don't, you don't always have to have this amazing, well put together lesson plan. Um, in fact, sometimes you'll have this amazing planned lesson plan that you, well, in your head, you thought it was going to work perfect in the classroom, and then, and then it falls apart. And at that point, you have to improvise. I think you have to, and you have to think, you have know, be quick on your think, on, quick on your feet in regard to your thinking, but also you have to trust yourself. Um, I wish I would have known that going into my first year. Like, Hey, when in doubt, trust yourself. You'll figure out something to, to add into that plan. Like trust, trust yourself. It's in you. It's not on you. There's no pressure. Just, and, and that would have been a big thing. I kind of would have liked from someone that supported me telling me like, Hey, all right, you don't have to have this perfect lesson plan. Make sure they have a, a Uh, less a learning target build from that and anything that you need to fill in you'll find natural ways to fill in
0: yeah and I mean it's always okay to say stop what you're doing this isn't working right now we're going to put a pin in it and come back to it later after we've had a chance to digest it a little bit more too
1: yeah and you know when you first you're first getting started in this career you you have you you overwork yourself because you're spending so many time making uh, changes to the lesson plan for the next day that you don't give yourself a a break to actually implement the lesson plan. So then the implementation doesn't match, you know, the planning.
0: Yeah. If you're not taking time for yourself, it's hard to be the best teacher. Uh, (laughs) How do you try to set boundaries um, between like work and life?
1: Oh, uh, that's been a journey. Uh, it's been a journey. CDL, I, I, uh, if I was grading myself on that, I'm like year one CDL, I think I'd give myself an F. Uh, working at home was really hard to have that work-life balance. Uh, you know.
0: It wasn't working at home. It was living at work for me. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> what it felt like the first year. So I don't have to give myself a big F. Um, year two, it got a lot better. I got a lot better. I was giving myself about a C. Um, and what I did there is I, first of all, I took my, my email, my district email off my phone. Uh, I originally had it on my phone because I thought I, I just wanted to be up to date with everything that's going on. You know, parent emails, i email them back immediately. And I realized, you know, I got to take care of myself too. And so I removed that email from my phone to give that boundary from my phone because it's not a work phone, it's a personal phone. Um, and then the next thing I did was I set an alarm, you know, alarm that Monday through Friday in the afternoon at 4 p.m. Like at 4 p.m. Hey, you got to go. My my contract time is 3.30. So 4 p.m. You, you got to get out of here. And that's what, that, that's what the alarm says is self-care. Go home. You're in it for the long run. And I think that's the biggest thing is like having an alarm your first year, like and understanding, like. Like you said earlier, it's okay, just drop your things, go, come back in the morning, and you know, it's gonna work out just fine.
0: Yeah, and I find when I try to stay longer just to get the next project and the next thing done, the quality of work ends up going down. Whereas if I just go home, get my break, and then come back, it's a little bit easier, a little bit more refreshed, ready to go.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, every single time you go past that alarm, you'll you'll work and you'll think you think this is great work and then the next morning you're going to come back and you're going to read through it of course you're going to see all these 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 uh all these errors or things that you wish you would have typos you know all these typos or maybe you didn't have a chance to proofread prior to having students and so then you're teaching it and then your students are pointing out all your typos so it's it's best when in doubt take that break set that alarm and when that uh, time comes up on that alarm, go home. Go do whatever you need to do, and you'll come back in the morning. I promise you, it's gonna be just fine.
0: Yeah, it'll all end up working out. Uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to as we're about to start this next school year?
1: Yeah, there's a few things. So, um, so I teach sixth and eighth, uh, which is a pretty cool opportunity. Um, all of the sixth graders that I taught my first year on CDL. They are now eighth graders, so I'll be getting some of them in the classroom this this second go around, which I think is gonna. I'm very excited for that, Uh, just to build on the report that we already have. uh, I think, and I'm also, yeah, building the report that we already have. uh, Being able to really, you know, push those kids to the heights and the the potentials. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm also, you know, we're now finally getting two years out of the COVID pr- protocols. I'm hoping to see uh, the school, the school culture, you know, really grow, having more events at the school, more things to make place, make school a place where the kids want to be. Uh, I, feel, I feel like this last year coming out of COVID, we're just so content curriculum driven. Um, and of course, there's safety precautions, but you know, I think we need to have a lot more activities in our schools from, um, you know, team nights, uh, et cetera, you know, multicultural night uh, and just events that are bringing the kids back into the school where it's not connected to the curriculum or the content, but it's just connected to being in a place they enjoy being at.
0: Makes them excited to be there.
1: Yeah, you And it
0: draws in the families and the communities as well. It kind of brings everyone together when you have those kinds of events going on.
1: No, exactly. And, you know, this next year, you know, with so much going on in Portland, uh, we need to find events that pull the kids off the streets. And so if we can have those events at our school, I think I I really look forward to those things uh, now that we're getting two years out of COVID. Um, Now going into my third year, I really am excited to see what steps I do with my content and my curriculums that I've, I've built through the, the first two years. Because each year, you know, you're adding, you're plugging, you're playing things that you didn't like so much. You're like, oh, I'm not doing that again. And so I'm excited to see where I go with that uh, and with my units and my assessments. And just to see the growth, you know, just the continuous growth, I, I'm really excited. It, it's going to be an gonna be interesting year. But when, it, when in doubt, I'm just super, super stoked to have the sixth graders that I had my first year.
0: <laughs> That's always the best part. <laughs> I work at a K-8 school, so I get to watch them grow all the way up until eighth grade. And it is just so much fun when you get to see them again. And now you get to teach them again as well, which will be really
1: great, I'm sure. Oh, and it's going yeah, to be hilarious because some of them uh, – it's 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 funny because there's a few of them I think they've grown up so much. I'm mean, gonna use the same jokes that they used to love in sixth grade. We're like, see, you haven't grown up too much. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you still like when I, you still like the fake cry. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> They're so funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's the truth. Um,
0: yep. Uh, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the biggest thing I would share with the listeners, all my new educators out there, um, is to set that alarm. Uh, it's okay to say no. I promise you it's okay to say no. Yes. Uh, I'm still working on that. I say yes too much. Uh, but it's okay to say no. I promise you no one's going to hate you for it. Uh, and remember, it, you know, it's it's a marathon, that this this profession. It's, it's not a race it's a marathon so you gotta do things that are gonna get you get you through the marathon um and uh, you know it's okay because uh to embrace the uncomfortability you know there's a lot of times in teaching that you're uncomfortable just not just remember when you're uncomfortable that means you're probably growing so that's it's all right it's all right to be uncomfortable um and if your school has any equity teams, equity related work, or workshops that you can go to, I highly uh, adv- I, I highly suggest that you take that on. You know, there's one thing in my school I wish we had all of our colleagues is embracing equity PD and equity workshops. Um, and so, all of my new educators out there, you know, kinda of, I highly I, I invite you to come join you'll probably meet me, meet me in person. We could chat. I'll drop a joke, make you laugh. I promise. If not, if not, I'll make you smile at least. But yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time, Malik. Um, Until next time, OEA, goodbye. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit Org.